Where there is fear, there is hope. Where there is darkness, there is light. Lost Red Earth is the story of one mythical creature that must overcome the darkness in the hope of restoring the world to its once utopian landscape. Hello and welcome to the Creative Write It podcast. This week, we're sharing this entire enthralling story, chapter by chapter. We hope you enjoy this journey into Lost Red Earth. We also hope it finds you in a place of hope with all its glowing lights. Today's chapter is brought to you by Cameron Wong, who is a voracious reader, and he has always enjoyed dreaming of his own stories. I'm not sure what it was before, but he says Lost Red Earth has drastically changed his opinion of writing. Chapter 5. Over Mountains and Under Valleys The Anti-Darkness League, she repeated. Slowly, she shut her eyes, searching her deepest memories of, the, of her past. Visions of beautiful meadows danced in front of her eyes. No, she uttered under her breath. It can't. A wide blue ocean teeming with life, fragrant scents and fish. A truly enormous city with millions of people everywhere she looked. Still shuddering in disbelief, she returned to reality. This is the world before you were born. A bustling, booming place. Everyone was happy here. Everyone, that is, except darkness. You are the chosen one. Did you know your father was a major part in fighting the darkness? I'm going to give you one task and one task only. Locate and defeat the darkness. I, indeed, the whole land is counting on you. Fly, my young girl now, and off you go. Kyotengis unbun viaje. With those mysterious words, the world righted itself up again. Jessica was blown back outside the deep, dark ditch. She knew what she had to do. The challenge was immense. It would be nothing like she had ever done before. Yet the prospect of meeting her father, just meeting her father, was too great to resist. And she knew her answer within three seconds. For 60 days, Jessica trudged through endless piles of sand dunes, dirt, and dead bushes. Every now and then, a tall pillar of rock shot up from the dust, like candles on a birthday cake. In the night, she made a makeshift pillow and slept. During this time, her survival skills were invaluable in both keeping her and Felix alive. As she made her heroic trek through the dry desert, she came across the occasional abandoned village. Jessica cherished each and every one of them, knowing that with her skills, anything could be useful. From a sack of potatoes she found, to a beautiful water fountain that was somehow still intact from the pounding of the darkness. Over 60 days and 60 nights, she salvaged what she could, living this hunter-gathering lifestyle. Before too long, Jessica spotted a cloud of soot on the horizon. Day by day, it grew wider and wider over the clear blue sky. Eventually, the pillars of rock grew less and less dense and then stopped altogether. Animals grew fewer in number. 
even the desert sand thinned out. The only resource left to her was what she had decided to carry with her, a dry, barren, forgotten rock. Creepy, she whispered, remembering what others had told her. It had been over 14 years since anyone innocent had set foot where she was now. Horrificus, cried Felix, and at that exact moment, two things happened simultaneously. The dark smoke around her ballooned and swelled and got dark as dark could be, dark like the night. And Jessica and Felix felt a soft wind blow on them. It grew stronger and stronger, and Jessica was blown out, 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 and down, 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 into nothingness. And she remembered no more. Oh, well done. Your chapter gives me chills, Karen. Thank you. It's so powerful, um, the descriptions of her in this place and getting blown out of the hole. And um, oh, what else happened? Um, oh, there's just so much. Trucking through the desert. Yeah, there's so much beautiful description of where she is and what she's going through. Thank you. And the um, just the atmosphere that you create with your descriptions. And I think your chapter also has my favorite line from Felix when he says, horrificus. Um, probably his only line that doesn't need translating. Um, excellent reading too. So well done. Um, so thank you for that. And I've just got a few questions for you, if you don't mind. Certainly. Have a, have a chat about your process. So um, let me just bring them up. Okay. So how did you feel when we decided to write this collaborative novella? So in the Zoom meeting, we actually had a vote about whether we wanted to each write our own minor stories or write a collective novella. And so this turned out and I was actually really, really happy about this because then, because I'd never really written anything long, longer than about four pages before. And so I, I just wanted to work on some a work a collaborative work that is longer than normal, and it also this means there's more opportunity for more meaning, and also like the story can be much more intricate and deeper. Hmm. Yeah, you were definitely one of the people that voted for the novella yeah. straight away, weren't you? <laughs> I remember. Um, what did you find the most enjoyable and the most challenging parts of this process? Probably the most enjoyable part was being able to collaborate with other amazing writers on writing a on writing a story, and how I was able to get just. I feel like the most amazing part was just being able to work on this with other people and being able to ask questions and work on this in my own spare time. I'd say the most challenging part of this is keeping the cohesion between between eight people and eight chapters as, as because the, especially if it's not just you writing, it can be very tricky to know that we're all keeping the same storyline, the same plot. And also if there's anything major that happened in the previous chapter, we have to be aware of it. Mm. You all did so well with that. So we, we did, we did some brainstorming together and we, had a document with the key details in it 
that we kept sort of adding to as everyone's chapters developed, didn't we? Yeah. I think that helped with the cohesion. Yeah, we had a master book with many story questions at the top. Yeah. Did you find that helpful? Yeah. So um, I was reading, I was reading through that daily. And so just looking for any updates. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you all did you all did so well to focus on your own chapters well at the same time. I remember the chat was going wild all through the workshops yeah, while like, we were all writing. Yeah, we were like, oh, should we add this? Should we add that? Should we should we have a plot twist in chapter six? Should we? Mm -hmm. I think I think you all probably wrote as much as you did in the chat as you did in the chapters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I wanted to add that one of the original plot twists like considered mm -hmm. was that the darkness was was actually her dad, but then this was this was scraped off with this was scraped off quickly as it just it's just ridiculous. Oh, I don't know if it was ridiculous, but I think it was a it was a valid idea. I think in the end we just came up with a more interesting idea which yep. you're, you're chapter five so we won't give it away just yet because the people listening won't have heard yeah. the last chapter yet <laughs> sorry no that's okay um what do you like most about writing in general I'd say with writing my favorite part of writing creative writing is coming is coming up with my own special worlds and being able to go on adventures with amazing characters and and work and their settings and also having to come up with a conflict as most of my story conflicts are based on personal conflicts that I've had inside mm. so so I'm, I'm able to that's that that's the word have cathartic experiences mm. in my stories I love that. I love how you, you've taken um, conflicts from your own experience and you can sort of transform them into a fictional world. That's what makes stories, no matter how fantastical, it makes them relatable. Definitely, definitely. I mean, it's coming from a real place. That's awesome, Cameron. Um, so last question. Tell us about the kind of book you'd like to write. Mm, I'd say... I really like to write fantasy and science fiction books. Science fiction because personally I'm quite into quite into science, especially physics. And also I can incorporate elements like real real world elements into my stories, but then I can I always need to stretch them out and make them a bit more bit, bit more unrealistic. Mm. And also and so then with fantasy novels, I really like just, like I said earlier, absorbing myself into a world. And it, it's just a great, it's a great break from the busy life that I know that many people have th these days in the 21st century. So you'd love to create your own fantastical world that people can escape yes. into. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that sounds amazing. Maybe yeah. your next book is going to be the uh, the sequel to this one. I have Let's just say that I have plans. <laughs> I'm so excited. Make sure you let me know how these plans evolve because I, I would yeah. love to read it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for contributing to this story. You're very welcome. You're it. Very welcome. it was really fun to work with you this year and I hope to see you again one day soon. Okay then. Thanks, Cameron. Thank you. See you next time. Mm -hmm.
Lost Red Earth is a collaborative novella written by Year 6 students at Baldwin Primary School. You can read the full story on our website. Just head to the link we've conveniently called Books. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. Before we go, we'd like to acknowledge that we live, write, and share stories on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, the original storytellers of our country. We vow to use our creative power to contribute to the land that has given us the freedom to imagine, dream, listen, and write a better collective future. We pay our deep respects to Elders past, present, and emerging. <laughs>